Well, as I said, Peter Moody's been good enough to give us his time. I want to concentrate on a couple of very good horses, one of the best in the country, and that's I Wish I Win by Savabeel. 18 starts, 6 wins, 10 placings, almost 11 million in stakes, and we know in the Everest he was terrific running second to think about it. He sat three fence that day over past lead. He was on the back of Cylinder, which really didn't help his chances. He certainly should have got a bit closer to think about it. Peter Moody, of course, is the part owner of this particular horse with Waikato Stud, and he joins us. How are you, Pete? Morning, Stephen. How is he? I wish I win. Uh, he's in super order. He had uh, his first good gallop for the prep this on Tuesday morning. He had a nice gallop over a 1,000 metres on the course proper at Packenham and uh, worked superb. So he'll have uh, the first of probably two trials next Tuesday morning. Uh, and then we'll just sort of slowly be guided off the back of that. A couple of race options are the William Reed and probably the TJ Smith uh, first up. Probably thinking maybe the TJ Smith, but I haven't closed the door on the William Reed. We'll just see how he comes up over the next three weeks or so. Of course, that's a race Imperatriz is going to at the Valley. Uh, well, listen, I'm not sure. Um, I'm just keeping all options yep. open for him, but... Uh, um, we know he's very effective, 1,200 at rare weekend. And that the timeline of the TJ Smith, I think it's the first week in April there, probably gives us another four or five weeks uh, to have him where we need him, and he'd probably go to that first up. It can quite often be a soft ground. He won it on a 10 last year, so no one likes to run under those conditions. But just mindful that we'll make sure we have him forward because we don't want to... Uh, empty him out on a wet track first up, you know. Yeah, you went Lightning, where he's second last year, of course, behind Cooling Gatta, third to win Secret Newmarket. Then the TJ, and you mentioned the heavy win. It was extraordinary performance. He was $9. He came from Stone Motherless last, didn't he, Peter, in that race? He did. He did, and we actually feared the heavy that day, but he actually got through it okay, which uh, was pleasing. So he's obviously not going to have the Lightning and Newmarket runs under his belt this year, heading to either the Re William Reed or the TJ Smith, so I just want to make sure I've got him quite forward at home in case we do run into softest conditions and uh, you know, all being well coming off the back of either either of those, uh, you know I think there's every chance you might see him in Queensland this year. Yeah, I thought you might say that. Are you going to look at wait for age options, you know 10,000 Kingsford Smith? Yeah, for sure, those types of races, uh, ideally at 12, uh, 12, 1300, 1400, I'd probably get a too much weight in a Stradbroke, I would imagine, but, uh, um, you know, I wouldn't rule out even throwing a nom in for that and having a look, but, uh, you know, there's a few options there, so he probably stays in work now all the way through to the Everest again, and, and that is his sole target, so whatever I think are the best options for him along the way, heading back towards an Everest, uh, I'll be using. So we're thinking maybe three runs, four runs at the most during the I autumn winter? Yeah, I would think so. You know, we're mindful. Uh, he's, re he's remained uh, pretty sound for us throughout. Uh, he does have awkward confirmation on his front legs. We've always been very mindful of that. That's why we gave him a good break post uh, the Everest. He, he hadn't had a good spell in the 12 months that he'd been in Australia, so we wanted to give him a good break and uh, start afresh, uh, and that's the reason we didn't have him up sort of early autumn down here. We didn't see him in a lightning or, or he won't be ready for the new market. Although the way he worked on uh, Saturday morning, uh, you could probably nearly throw him in the new market. Peter, last year when you tackled the Everest, and we mentioned he was so good there running second, it's extraordinary. He ran second, the prize money uh, yourself and the connections picked up. Uh, you had to share that $2.9 for running second, but you ran in the Memsey first up. Would you do something similar, just one run into the Everest during the spring? 
Listen, once again, Stephen, I, I, I thought, uh, you know, it, it worked well for us uh, last spring, didn't it? Uh, they're just not... He's a horse that appreciates, you know, probably that 21-day break between races, and it just wasn't a perfect race for him on that lead-in. So we went the... the was it five weeks or six, six weeks, weeks? Yeah, six weeks uh, from the Memsey there last year, and uh, you know he, he just got nutted in the Memsey, and then we just got nutted in the Everest, so we weren't too far off the mark. And uh, it took two very good horses to beat him, you know. And, and people arguably said he was unlucky in the Everest. Well, I think think about it, it's a damn good horse. And had we got out a hundred meters earlier and challenged him, he might have fought back and still beat us. So I'm not going to knock that form at all. Um, so, uh, listen, we're, we're very pleased with him and very happy with the way he's returned. And as you've said to us previously, you know, talk about the money with this horse. You mentioned his confirmation, but, you know, let's hope he stays sound because you could be in the race again in 2025. Well, there's no reason why he couldn't go around it for another two or three years. Have a look at the management uh, of Chris Waller with Nature Strip, you know, and that's to be applauded. And good horses, if you look after them, the prize money is uh, is phenomenal uh, headed towards that, that Everest. So uh, why wouldn't you? You know, you can run in a TJ Smith worth $3 million. You can go up to Queensland and run in those sprints. They're all worth a million, a million and a half, two million. Keep him in his comfort zone. Why can't we see him? You know, he's a five-year-old. Why can't we see him race through until eight or nine and uh, and keep a bit of longevity about him? You know, you know people suggest that, you know, they need to be going around every two or three weeks. That's not the case. Look after him. And, and the good thing about this horse is myself and Mark own him ourselves. I train him. We can manage him. We can run him and take him wherever we like. We haven't got any outward pressure. And I think that'll create longevity for the horse. Peter, I've been uh, contacting Alicia Nolan. They've just uh, wanted to hold back with more information at this stage. But where do we sit with a jockey for this horse, given Luke's situation with that track work for? Oh, well, listen, Luke hasn't returned to track work at this point. But, uh, listen, I told Luke around Christmas time, I not only want him fit and well, but I want him informed before any decision's made. But there's, there's no, no riding... Uh, been spoken of or asked about uh, in regards to this horse at all and once again with Mark and I in the ownership uh, we haven't got to appease anyone else and I'm sure uh, if we decide uh, that Luke's not ready or in the right vein of form that we want to see um, I'm sure we wouldn't have much trouble attracting anyone else but uh, at this point in time he's the incumbent uh, he hasn't been removed but he hasn't been engaged either. Okay, of course, Jamie Carr's run on the horse here in Australia as well when you trained the horse. When he was first up at 1,400, he was brilliant. That was back the spring of 22. Yeah, Yeah. well, Jamie yeah. rode him that day because Luke couldn't ride the weight. Okay. Uh, so, listen, there's, uh, there's plenty of riders out there. I'm looking forward to seeing this filly to see what she does on the weekend. Roll on high. She hasn't raced since Flemington when she won the Desirable. Sectionally brilliant in the race. Uh, of course, she beat Jolly Stark, came out and won the 1,000 guineas, and then she beat uh, in third was Kamachi, won the Light Fingers recently. I mean, tell me what you're thinking here. Fresh up, roll on high in the surround. Peter, Sydney on the weekend. Yeah, she's a very good filly. Uh, she's had a great preparation for her return. Uh, we chose not to go to the 1,000 guineas. We just thought she was a little bit immature at that time and she'd had four runs in, rightly or wrongly, and I think we'll, we'll be rewarded for that. Uh, so uh, she presumes there on Saturday. It's a very good field. All those fillies have got a bit of racing or certainly got a run under their belt. And, and they look outstanding on paper, don't they? Kamachi and uh, learning to fly and uh, she's invincible. Yeah, they're, they're damn good fillies. But uh, I, I think my filly... Uh, 
uh, even though she's open to improvement and will probably have to ride her and give most of the field a considerable start due to the draw, um, I, I expect her to run well. It's, you know, but it's one of those races where you could probably run the best sectionals from back and run sixth. And, and so, I'm, and a first run that way are going and a first trip away from home. So uh, I'm very mindful of that. But at the same time, I think she's a very, very good filly, Stephen. And, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of harboured thoughts with a bit of a late start with her that whether I could nurse her through, I, I really think she'd be a lovely Stradbroke filly uh, if we can uh, carry her through that far and, and with that in mind you probably won't see her do a lot of racing uh, uh, along the way either. So what route could you take? Oh, listen, um, once again no pressure and form would dictate um, you know she would, I would suggest she'd probably have another run in Sydney um, post Saturday uh, you know she's a stakes quality filly and, and, and form would dictate that path uh, I'll bring her straight home after she runs on Saturday and assess her. You've got the Coolmore, but it's only two weeks away. I don't think she'd need to be going to the races again in 14 days. So whether we just found a race for her at the Railway Carnival uh, and that maybe led her, led her to Queensland or something like that, you know? All right. You threw a nomination for quite a few races, but that Arrowfield Sprint is one race there as well. Group yeah, two. Yeah, uh, quite, a, quite a few options yeah, there. Yeah, all right. But Stradbroke is on the radar for sure, is it, with her? I just, uh, you know, she just strikes me as a, a lovely sort of seven furlong, solid tempo, um, you know, and, and it's not the worst race for three-year-old fillies. They haven't had a lot of exposure in it, but it'd be better versed than me. I think the ones that have run in it have run pretty well. Yeah, well, the, the winners, of course, uh, we think of La Montagna for Barry Baldwin and, and Private Steer that come to mind. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's roll on high. Good luck with her. Peter, Molly Nickers, I don't reckon she could have gone any better the other day when she ran third in the vanity behind Grinzinger Bell. What's happening with her? Uh, she ran very well. It was a brutally run race and probably just found her out condition-wise. She goes to the duty at Flemington uh, Saturday week, uh, along with a stablemate, Autumn Angel, that uh, had a awkward... Uh, return to racing at Caulfield on Saturday. I think they're both very nice fillies, so they'll both take their place in the CUNY and probably on route to a binary stakes in Sydney, I'd reckon. The reason I say the run was so good the other day in the vanity, she ran third, but it was just ugly early, and it wasn't Ben's fault. I think he, he tried to get on the back of a horse, didn't he, called Donegal, and then it all went pear-shaped, and she got checked and ended up out the back. Yeah, well, Donegal, we thought, was one of the horses to beat in the race, and it was the first one gone, so it took us absolutely nowhere. But quite often you see in those 1400s at Flemington, uh, it can become a, a, a two races. And when they go hard, you think, oh, well, they're going to come back. But sometimes they just don't come back. And, and that filly that won at Grinzinger Bell, I think it is, of Danny O'Brien, she's a damn good filly, and she's got form around um, uh, Roll on High. I think Roll on High beat her in a maiden at Packenham. So we, we really respect her. And, uh, and Autumn Angel, I think, was placed behind her at Mooney Valley in a stakes race. So I think that was a very good race. But getting out to a mile, I think Molly Nichols will certainly be well suited. But don't forget Autumn Angel. I know she didn't uh, figure in the placings there on Saturday, but arguably she should have won. And 
and both those fillies getting out to a mile and then to 2,000 metres, they're certainly well worth following. Well, we know about Moesha. She's been the, she's a blue blood. I'm Invincible Princess Cope who won 12 races, of course. Agentia was also from that particular mare, and she was sectionally very good from out the back the other day at Caulfield. Tell me what you think here at Flemington, Moesha, on the weekend, a first run down the straight. Yeah, well, that's always a little bit of a question mark, isn't it? Um, query on the Flemington straight. And she's certainly not her mother, I can tell you that. But but she's a filly with good talent, and she hasn't been too far off the mark in a, in a couple of stakes races. So I'd be disappointed uh, if she does cope with the Flemington straight. I'd be disappointed if she's not right in the mix on yeah. Saturday. I did have her in the English race, but I just thought uh, this race suited her better ratings-wise. And... Uh, and uh, I'd just like to teach her to win again. She's been beaten a couple of times since she won a maiden, uh, even arguably unlucky, but uh, they still need to learn how to get their head in front, and I think she gets that opportunity on Saturday. Yeah, she was the fastest last 600 home there the other day, 34-4-0 behind Estriella. That's Moesha, race five, number five. His favourite at this stage at 4.60. Whilst I'm buying race one, expectation? Yeah, once again, I'll be disappointed she doesn't go close. She's had one run down the Flemington straight and narrowly got beaten in the Talendert as a two-year-old. Uh, she returns as a more mature mare. Uh, her racing pattern let her down a little bit. She's a stakes winning, stakes perform mare, but just wanted to overdo it. But as she's got older, she's learned to relax a bit. And uh, I would think uh, she'll sit just on the back of them. And if she quickens like we know she can, she should be running well. And Hopefully kick the day off on a positive note. Uh, all our horses have been running well, but not many of them winning of late, so it'll be a nice change to get a couple in front on the line. Yeah, her last run before a spell, it was an ugly watch in the Tristark, wasn't it? Well, some by three watt on speed there, but she battled on really solidly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, to get a better run there on Saturday. First up, uh, she should see her run well. And she does traditionally need one, but I don't think she's been in this type of race first up for a good while, so I'll give her a chance to perform fresh. Okay, whilst I'm by race one, two, about $7. You must have been proud of Inezza last week in the Diamond. She tried hard, um, beaten on a merit. Just thought we were probably too close on a hot speed, and so did Damien Lane, but she was in too good a spot to let it go. Um, I reckon she'd be better ridden sort of two lengths quieter. And we saw a finishing effort in the chairman's at a previous run, ridden that little bit quieter, how she came round to race off. So uh, she's pulled up well, and there's every chance uh, she could arrive on slipper day without another run, uh, all being well. All right, well, that's Inezza. She's by Exceednik. So, and Pete, just Chain of Lightning, the Oakley plates you've got to watch over and over and over because there's horses that don't have luck, and Chain of Lightning, certainly when she was going for a run, it, it didn't present. Yeah, well, there's 10 of them in that Oakley Plate every year, weren't they? And and she's been that for the last two years in the Oakley, Oakley Plate. So uh, she's a mare that hasn't won for, crikey, 18 months or so. And uh, she just likes to get a toe into the ground a little bit these days. So just mindful of that. Uh, probably just try and find a low-grade mare stakes race, although they don't make too many low-grade stakes races in Sydney in the autumn. Uh, which would probably lead her on to a, to a Brisbane carnival looking at similar and uh, probably leads her on to the broodmare sale at the Gold Coast in May. Well, you got us a bit excited, you know, to think that potentially we could see I Wish I Winning Queensland, a major draw card, and also we could see Roll On High and maybe a few others. Yeah, it might be my turn to have a little winter holiday in Queensland. That's the way I'd like to plan it uh, uh, up there, Stephen. Maybe we could have three or four, four or five up there. Do you think and, uh, you'll ever move back to Queensland in the future when you ultimately retire way down the track? 
Oh, listen, my family's very entrenched. I, I love Queensland. I love the people and I love the lifestyle. But uh, I think you tend to sort of stick around your family. And my family, although the girls were all born and raised in Queensland, they've all grown up down here and they're very entrenched in their lifestyles down here. So uh, I, I desperately want a grandchild. Uh, I've got to uh, get one of these girls to breed me a grandchild. Every time I walk through a shopping centre, I feel like stealing one, Stephen. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, where, wherever wherever one of my daughters presents me a grandchild, I reckon I'll probably be stuck for the rest of my life. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. Cheers, Stephen. Have a great week. Yeah, thank you. Peter Moody giving us some wonderful information there. And, uh, yeah, we'll chase up some more news on, on Luke Nolan. Um, I did text Alicia, as I said last week, and I'll just read what she sent back. Um, let me just find it. I keep putting N-O-L-A-N in my phone, not E-N. Anyway, um, yeah, she said, morning, Steve. Luke said he'll chat um, Tuesday onwards. So this was last week. Um, he's seen the surgeon and has a clear understanding of, of his return date. So, uh, yeah, we'll touch base with Alicia and see if we can get some concrete news about Luke Nolan because he'd be absolutely desperate, of course, wouldn't he, um, to be riding uh, I Wish I Win. But just an incredible horse. And I know Peter, you know, talked about his confirmation, that famous photo that Waikato put out in the early days. Uh with the badly turned out near side leg. And they thought, well, this horse has no hope of getting to the races. So it didn't even take him to the sales. And of course, he was trained in New Zealand by Jamie Richards early. Uh, if memory serves me correctly. And then, uh, of course, ended up with Peter. And he hasn't run poorly. Not one run has been poor uh, for, for Peter Moody. Now, the runs include the, the first run for Pete, second in the Lightning last year. Um, to a cool and gutter, as I mentioned, third in the new market in secret, won the TJ from on a heavy track from Stone Motherless last, and then third to Mr. Brightside and Princess Grace in the Memsey. We talked about the Everest second, so that's that's been the run the runs for Peter Moody, and they're the owners, Peter Moody and uh, and Mark Chittick. Looking forward to heading to Waikato and all these studs next week uh, over in New Zealand with our big uh, ambassador travel group. We've locked in Rich Hill Stud where. Uh, we know about Prazier and his deeds, but uh, Ace High, it's like they've stumbled on another one. He's doing a good job, Ace High. He's got some talented horses. We're going to Cambridge as well. Of course, I mentioned uh, Waikato. We're going to Tiakau. We're not actually going to the, uh, we're actually going to the stable uh, area there. So who knows? Uh, some of the horses we'll see there and some of the people we'll meet as well. Hopefully David and uh, and Karen Fentanellis will be there to greet us when we arrive at uh, Tiakau next Monday after the derby, where, of course, of Kestrel, I did mention this yesterday, um, but, um, look, honestly, you'd, you'd think only bad luck it will stop her winning this derby. Uh, she just looks like she's got potentially the X factor, or Kestrel. Um, she's about a dollar fifty. Of course, uh, we've mentioned Craig Grills, and he's won this derby a couple of times in recent years as well. Crown Prosecutor and another one there. But um, we know what happened with La Creek. Came in for some criticism there, so... Um, and she was a filly, and she was unlucky behind uh, Asterix, who's, I think, favourite for the Auckland Cup the following week. But anyway, there, she's drawn gate nine in a field of 17, orchestral, uh, by that sire, who, of course, stands there at, uh, at Waikato Stud, Safa Beal. I think his service fee's not been announced for next season, but I think last season it was $100,000, the boom sire there, Safa Beal.